Hello, welcome to Inspiring African Travel. It's James here. If you listened to our last episode, which was an introduction to the, the season, which we're calling 2022, the year of traveling to Africa, you'll know that Stuart and I tasked our good friend and collaborator of the show, Andrew Flatt, to head out to Botswana and Zimbabwe and be our roving journalists and catch up with as many people as he could out there as the excitement was building, not just for the Africa's Eden travel show, but the increase in arrivals and the season's arrival numbers, basically, to the region that are looking so promising. We start off with uh, Ernest Chaba. Ernie is, is a really great guy. He's actually started his industry in tourism as a groundsman uh, for Desert and Delta Safaris in Botswana. And today he's Desert and Delta's assistant general manager for the whole portfolio. So Andrew caught up with him in Mound, uh, the gateway to the Okavango Delta, and, and asked him what it's like since such a long time to see the lodges really hitting their straps and international arrivals coming up. Uh, from the past two years, we went through a tough, very, very tough time that uh, we experienced. And uh, getting the bookings coming in uh, or showing up like we will be busy in a few days. I'm very, very excited. I can't wait. Our team is ready. Everybody's ready and we are getting our team together in a few days. We can't wait. Now, a bit of background on Ernie. He was a manager in all of the camps at some point for, for many, many years. So the resumption of travel now has got to be one that you wish you were back in camps for or are you excited that you're in Maun and, and the guys in camp are going to handle it? Hey, Andrew, I'm excited being in Maun and I believe or I trust my team that we have right on the ground. Like you say, starting from right from the bottom, we got a lot of people. You know, the company culture, we promote our own stuff and we develop them. Like, look at myself, starting from right from the grounds, now working as an acting general manager. It's just, I'm so excited. I mean, the team that we have on the ground, I trust them. I trust them and I know they will do the, the right job. They will host all those guests and they will have a great time with them. If, 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 you, if a guest called you and said, what can I expect when I get to camp in terms of the staff? What, what would you say? What are, what are the excitement levels going to be like? The best service ever. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Andrew asked Ernie how things are going to change since COVID as the camps are starting to really hit high occupancies again. Uh, the service for us is what we're going to be looking at. I mean, it has been happening with the less number that we have and everybody coming to our camps has been happy with what we are doing. I trust we're going to do, be, to do more on what we have been doing because now we're going to have more people and we're going to be sharp and smart on what we are doing. Because you, like you say, COVID, it has been a, a trouble to everybody. It's, it, it hit everybody around the country and uh, for us it was a good experience to learn how to do things right. And I believe the team will do the best for the service of the guest. Ernest, top man, uh, really doing a fantastic job for the whole industry. And talking of which, I'd like you to hear a few words from Florence Cajiso. This is a woman who has led the way for female empowerment in the guiding industry in Botswana and actually right across Africa. She was the first female guide uh, for the lodge that went on to be the only 
all-female guiding team in Africa. She's been featured in Travel and Leisure magazine, The Telegraph, Condé Nast, you name it. If you search Florence Safari Guide on Google, you'll see um, lots of cool articles and interviews with her. Hello, my name is Florence Cajiso. I'm an assistant head guide at Shobby Game Lodge. Looking at the fact that things are changing a little bit and we are all crossing our fingers that everything should come back to normal. Uh, we have been hit hard by the corona, but at the moment things are looking very good. We're all excited and uh, we are doing everything that we can to welcome our visitors back and to give them the true African magic. It's amazing just to hear the, the sheer buzz and excitement from everybody on the ground about the increase in the number of travelers coming back. And yeah, we were curious to know a little bit more about what she's looking forward to in terms of working full time again. To be with the guests again, you know, to share what we have as a country with the, with the travelers. Um, with my kids, I always explain to them that um, this is part of my life. Being in the bush is part of my life. So I'm not really running away from them. Whenever I have chance, yes, I will definitely dedicate that time with them. But again, at the same time, I also have to share what I have with other people coming out there. And now Andrew scooted across to Precious Buitamelo, who's really at the forefront of seeing the increase in business to travel in Africa. And she works in reservations. Um, right there in the lovely little town of Maun, um, on the doorstep of the Okavango. And she tells us what it's like to be flat out in the office doing loads of new bookings. Hello, my name is Precious Buitimelo. I work for Desert and Delta Safaris. I work as a reservation consultant. I have noticed a lot of changes in my inbox. Every morning I come into like um, a lot of emails to do and I'm so happy for this change. Uh, lots of confirming bookings as opposed to cancelling and deferring. And that's just a completely different feeling. Different feeling altogether and I am so excited. And uh, you're excited to get out into the bush and to see guests that you've potentially booked in the camps with you? Happy guests that has always been because um, it hasn't been a good two years. Right now, at the moment, we are so happy and we are all um, waiting to welcome all those happy guests to be enjoying the, uh, the, the, themselves in our camps. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And I know that I'm in the marketing side of things, but I feel like, I feel like I'm in reservations myself at the moment. Um, it's just so difficult not to get your hands dirty and want to help and make every booking request count at the moment so i really uh, i really share precious ex as excitement for for seeing all these new reservations uh, and not to have to deal with cancellations and deferrals i hope those days are gone and uh, now over to a man who has been flying the flag for the tourism industry in botswana and beyond into namibia and all over for 25 years or more and asked him what he's most excited about with regards to the forecast and the business increasing to the region. 
Greetings everybody, Walter Smith here. I'm the Operations Director for Desert and Delta Safaris. Not going to linger on what the past two years were about, but just want to let you know we are ready and very excited for the season ahead. Camps have been uh, operating um, and we've put a lot of maintenance and prepare into what looks like a bit of a recovery for our season. So very excited for what the year is going to bring for us. The one thing we have learnt uh, in the last two years is how important our travellers are to us. And this more so from the community that, um, that work within the properties and uh, the staff, even ourselves. Um, we cannot wait to welcome everybody back and get going. Botswana is looking beautiful. It's rainy season at the moment. Uh, we're on par with a average to above average rainy season this year. Um, so the predictions for the season are looking really positive. And of course, Mother Nature never sat still. Um, it's still out there and uh, we look very forward to welcoming our travelers back to Botswana this year. And what has the reaction been like of the staff to the resumption of travel? Uh, obviously, there's been some resumption, but the excitement levels, they must be right up there looking at the year ahead. It's been very tough for all of us, Andrew, uh, to be honest, eh? and, and more so for these um, people that make up our teams. You know, a lot of them are supporting extended families and um, the resumption of travel means work for them. It means they can educate their children. It means that uh, they can put a plate of food on the table. So, um, yeah, the energy levels are really high and uh, we are all in anticipation for our travelers to get back here. Yep, spot on there from Walter. And I think what's so profound when it comes to luxury safaris in and around the areas we operate is that local African citizens from the nearby communities are being genuinely empowered. Um, people like Ernest um, carving out a career in tourism as a general manager, um, guides leading the way in their field, head chefs, uh, maintenance, you name it, the list goes on. Um, and these people are supporting their extended families in the more rural areas all around the country. And so tourism has an impact and supports the livelihoods of so many. And this COVID pandemic has put a stop to a lot of that. And it's so great to see that the pressure is going to be now relieved as we see the number of travelers picking up. And we can go back to seeing what we can do as an industry to keep empowering locals and enriching the population's talents through tourism. I think Andrew really wanted to make me feel homesick. Um, so he caught up with uh, Lesejo or Lesh, as he's known in the industry, uh, the assistant general manager of Chobi Game Lodge. He took him out to the Chobi floodplains, which is my one favorite place in Africa. Those of you who've traveled around Africa and love Africa, you will know exactly what I'm talking about here. That feeling um, of being out in the open, watching an African storm brewing over the savannah and on the horizon, and that smell of rain and that sound, listening to this interview with Lesh out on the floodplains made me absolutely feel that like I was there. We are sitting out on the Puku Flats in the Chobe National Park, Botswana, watching an epic storm 
roll by with uh, gin and tonic in hand. Myself and Lesejo Muitela, also known as Lesh, uh, who is going to chat to us a little bit today. Give us a feeling of what's happening on the ground here, but more importantly, Lesh, explain the excitement levels now that tourists are actually coming back to Africa. Very exciting moment uh, to know and hear that um, engines are roaring, uh, the Boeing 707s across the globe are roaring and we can't wait to receive you and share this magic. As we speak, as Andrew says, uh, there's a beautiful storm building up here and ahead of us is huge storm already and uh, we're just looking at the clouds going so fast and in the vicinity in the floodplains we have herds of elephants also joining us enjoying this breeze uh, we have just seen the beautiful herd of zebras um, having a party with uh, um, a journey of uh, giraffes so just a beautiful sight I wanted to know a little bit more about the staff and what they thought about this imminent upturn in business and coming out of this COVID crisis. After we shared with the, uh, the general staff that we have the light on the other side, uh, on the other tunnel, the excitement uh, you could you could you can see it, you can feel it in the air, you can smell it, and we are ready uh, to to receive uh, the guests in numbers as, as many numbers as we can um so we 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 pride ourselves in that because everybody's um um hands on deck so we we, we look forward to this so um right now we are very very prepared to deliver the uh, the magic of chobe and consistently and uh, yeah i can say to the travelers to say the moment is now the moment that you've been waiting is now because one thing that I can assure you is that we are fully vaccinated, we are 100% vaccinated and uh, also we have the boosters going on uh, in the last couple of weeks. In, in, a, in a week's time, we are pretty sure that most all, and all of us will be will have received the vaccination of the boosters. So, as soon as you can, let's get going. Pula! Pula! Yeah, Pula, boys! Pula, by the way, is cheers in Botswana. It's a term we use when celebrating or giving thanks. By the way, Pula also means rain, which we give thanks for whenever we, we, we have rain in Botswana. And it's also the national Botswana currency. So you are very welcome for that inspiring African travel fact of the day. I had to put Andrew on the spot as well because I was meant to be there in Victoria Falls um, for this Africa's Eden travel show uh, with him. So I was very, very curious to find out what it was like to be at an actual in-destination, in-person travel show again. Oh man, I had to dust off the old sales boots and um, for some of the evenings, the dancing boots as well. Um, it was a great feeling. It really was. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was just so special uh, to be a part of a lot of people's reunion with Africa. You know, I think we often take for granted the fact that we live here. So despite the lockdowns being really hard on us and all of that, we were able to escape to our happy places almost whenever we wanted. 
but for so many of the people who I was meeting up with, you know, maybe they'd been selling Africa for 30, 40 years. And now all of a sudden for two years, they were kept away. And this was their reunion. This was their first trip back. And it was quite overwhelming and, and very humbling. And to be a part of everyone's enjoyment again, you know, to see smiling faces, to hear laughter. I think we so often get caught up in the digital, uh, how convenient the digital world is. And it is really convenient and it's a great tool. But to be sitting in a room and to be chatting to someone and to hear laughter that you recognize behind you and to be able to turn around and talk to someone is something I missed. You know, these weird little quirks of in-person, in, in sort of face-to-face meetings. And uh, I must say, uh, sitting back at my desk, I uh, go back to last week in a heartbeat. Well, I'm very sorry for the people there who had to witness Andrew's dance moves at Africa's Eden. Um, but glad to see he's still got the gift of the gab and uh, doing what he does best. But in all, in all seriousness, I mean, COVID has shown us how we can stay much better connected through technology. Um, and that's going to be great value for us going forward uh, as an industry. But, you know, doing what we do, we're very much an industry about relationships, you know, people. You're not going to book an African adventure online ever. You're always going to communicate with someone in the process, even if you do your own online research about where or where you want to go. Um, for us as a trade, we we'll always need to get together in person, um, live and breathe what we do uh, and, and share the passion um, because we know that you know, we all have to help each other um, throughout this industry when it comes to booking people and making sure they have an epic time when they come here. And so to that end, I was really curious to know how this Africa's Eden travel show came off. Africa's Eden as an organization deserves a lot of credit because, man, was it a well-oiled machine. I mean, considering all the circumstances and everything that was going on, you know, forget Omicron, just putting on the first in-person, in-destination travel trade show in over two years was a task in its own right. And then to have Omicron thrown into the mix, uh, to have flight cancellations, to have rerouted flights. And also what we tend to forget is many of these uh, buyers who were traveling, these, these travel agents and tour operators who were traveling so far to come and attend the show had their own clients that are all of a sudden now going, right, you know, Omicron is calming down. I want to book. I want to book. So for them to leave their desk was even a bigger ask. Um, but somehow it all came together. Uh, I think of the 75 travel agents and tour operators that were in attendance, there was only three people that dropped out last minute because of uh, flights or COVID or whatever it might have been. So it was incredible. I mean, w- once we got there, there was just this sense of relief. And for a lot of people, this uh, sort of sense of, if you want to call it security, uh, being back uh, with people, with colleagues, uh, some really amazing discussions were happening People were talking about ways in which we're going to operate going forward, ways in which we've operated in the past. It was amazing to be a part of it. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot uh, to be said about where where the um, tourism industry is going in Africa. 
the travel show itself is incredible. The, these Africa's Eden in destination travel shows are going to be the next big in destination travel shows. The gift to be able to be in destination in some of the most sought after uh, areas in Southern Africa and be able to just go out on a cruise on the Zambezi after doing 27, 28 meetings in a day or do a day trip across to Chobe to go watch the elephants on the river or see some lions is invaluable. If you're listening and you're just a traveler, know that your travel agents are going to be very well in tune with what's happening on the ground here after visiting the show. So it's a big boost to the confidence. After what seems like an eternity of sitting in their pajamas, doing online meetings, waiting for the industry to get back up on its feet and get together must have really felt like a celebration. And so I'm sure a lot of beers and wines were responsibly consumed. Um, so I asked Andrew a little bit more about that. Uh, there, was, there was a couple of long nights, but when, when you're talking as much as I do and dancing as much as I danced, uh, a lot of that is you know, sweated out. But I, I did see many a face for the first few hours in the morning that was looking a little bit uh, tired or droopy. But, you know, I think once you just get there and you, you, you wake up, you're feeling maybe a bit miserable. You have breakfast, you start chatting to people who are staying at the same place as you. Energy picks up. By the time you get to the show and you've just got your first meetings and you're into it, you, you don't know if, whether you're here or there. You don't even know what you feel like. It's just, it's like a, getting caught in a rhythm. Uh, a very positive rhythm. So I was very fortunate to not have uh, too many bad side effects to the uh, medicine I was drinking in the evenings. Hot, sunny days. The falls were out in force. There was greenery everywhere. The animals we did see were all happy and healthy. Every person you met had a smile on their face and was happy to see you. The lodges and hotels and B&Bs are looking incredible. The restaurants had delicious food. The brewery had tasty beer. You went to a brewery? We may, we may have stopped at a brewery. Um, it was just what the doctor ordered, no matter who your doctor is or where you are. Vic Falls was looking fantastic. And in fact, it's, it's really stamping its mark as the hub into this region. Um, I think undisputed in many senses. There's an energy to Victoria Falls that very, very few places I've ever been to uh, come close to. And I think the service levels are second to none. There's just so much passion and, and um, energy. Uh, also, considering you know, that the country's actually got quite a high level of education. So everyone who is, is there is on it. You know, and you feel it. Nothing is, the, the expression, you know, nothing was too difficult gets used loosely these days. Everyone says that about everywhere they go. But in Fick Falls and in this region, nothing is too difficult. You, there's no such thing as no. It's always, let's make a plan. Thank you, Flatty. You did a, an epic job out there, mate. Um, really appreciate it. I also had a quick call with a gentleman by the name of Kumbi Chiweshe. He's the managing director of the Victoria Falls DMC, who are a company specializing in all kinds of events um, and arrivals into, into the region around Victoria Falls. After we compared our haircuts, I just asked Kumbi what the vibe was as well uh, for having Africa's Eden in his hometown. Can you hear me, dude? 
Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. And Loud and clear. Crystal. Very cool. Very cool. I trust you can see my dome as well, as bright as yours is. <laughs> I get a lot more reflection of my dome than yours. <laughs> no ways. You should have seen me in Vic Falls. <laughs> I was looking forward to you being there because then at least, you know, there was another dome and mine wouldn't be so prominent. <laughs> so, <laughs> what <have> you... <laughs> I think that the, the first sort of thoughts in my mind... Uh, in the run-up to the show and just seeing all the general excitement on the WhatsApp groups, it, it was clear that this was going to be a very special show right from the get-go. So then being in Destination and starting to see the town itself and there was this, this vibe throughout town, not just because there were people coming, but, you know, everyone kind of knew why they were coming and they're like, wow, is this really happening? And that was everyone, from taxi drivers to whoever. Um, that was coming through quite strong. You know, the, the, the guys doing the transfer vehicles, that was coming on very, very strongly. And they were excited. And the, the whole sort of knowledge of Africa's Eden is quite pervasive now. So they knew. Just good to see. I mean, some of the guys I'd last seen in, in East Africa in 2019, I think. Um, <laughs> And at the time, we were talking about, okay, see you in a couple of months' time, or see you at the next one. And, you know, we'd made plans to see each other in a few months' times. And one of them remarked, you know, how amazing is it that the last time we saw each other, uh, we were, had all these plans to meet up in a couple of months, and it's been two years, you know, online, in a virtual environment, so different. So, gosh, the excitement was unbelievable. It was just a good to catch up in person, it's a different energy, I think, when you're meeting up with everyone in person. I also had to ask uh, Kumbi if everyone managed to maintain their stamina, conducting several back-to-back -back meetings again after such a, a long hiatus. The energy and the excitement carried everyone through the meetings because I think that it was just one or two that reported exhaustion and that was really down to staying out too late at night <laughs> drinking <laughs> then the you know the the volume of meetings but they were well put out and you know 18 minutes per meeting was generally a, a good session so the ones that I definitely had were plus the venue made a difference I think that was one of the biggest comments because normally it's in a big hall somewhere and then you've got your you know your partitions and all the rest of that having it in at Pioneers and that sort of environment and that sort of setup was quite novel. And again, it wanted to showcase the property, but also it was cool because you got up and you walked across this beautiful garden and when you had lunch, it was out in the sun, beautiful blue skies, the weather behaved. So that really all contributed immensely to just a different environment and a different experience of a show. Because um, a lot of the meetings are either in the veranda, on the lawn, or in one of the lovely rooms that was showcased at, at Pioneers. Yeah, the venue was really, really special by all accounts. Everyone I've spoken to said it was amazing. Um, Pioneers Lodge in Victoria Falls is new, and they turned the property into a great venue. So each one of the rooms um, and parts of the main area and the gardens were converted into meeting areas. And I can't, I can't really think of a better environment to get together um, for a little trade show, um, so really cool. But I asked Kumbi a little bit more about Africa's Eden, the organization, you know, who and what they are. So in terms of Africa's Eden, it's a regional tourism association. It's probably Africa's first private sector-led 
owned and run tourism association association is it's quite a funny word because it it, it sort of suggests some sort of lethargic bureaucracy <laughs> it's anything but that uh, it's 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 all run and for the private sector which which is a difference because you know private sector interests are oriented towards the bottom line you know in terms of time resources and goals um so everything tends to get done in that sort of way um which is important because you know you don't want to faff around or spend time making around wasting people's time when when things and goals are set um then we work relentlessly towards those goals i think the unique thing about the association is that um there's no bureaucratic structure and by that i mean you know you've got owners who are members of the association volunteering their time to run the association which which is important because that shows the level of commitment that is invested it's not just the financial investment but time and resources in other ways so you know all the various committees the chairs of those committees are the owners of the businesses or senior decision makers and they volunteering their time towards you know the association uh from a destination point of view it's it's really awesome because before um you really had south africa and east africa as the main centers of tourism in africa and now you've got this incredible destination with incredible diversity smack in the middle of it um you know victoria falls is the gateway i think that's generally accepted but to pull together i think for me what's awesome is that we were all competitors before but we're all collaborating on a level which is unprecedented now as members of the association working towards a common goal and i think that's going to give travelers just an unbelievable uh choice you know going to be really spoiled for choice when you look at what's available within africa's eden and what's coming to the party as well is more and more coming one is a result of the show but you know also all the time and effort invested to bring more members on i wanted to know a little bit more from kumbi about his main takeaways from the whole organization and the event the buyers were actually quite spoiled because you know they had one point of reference in terms of the committee um to deal with uh, they they had everything organized for them their flights all their lodgings the pre and post the hard work they had to do is what am i going to do for my pre and post tours what am i going to pack <laughs> that's really what they had to do but everything else was organized for them so it worked wonderfully no headaches for them we work in the travel industry and yeah. yet uh, we spend our lives telling people don't worry you can travel covid rules and restrictions are simple and then when it comes to the travel industry getting on a plane <laughs> we're like oh no oh shit can we do this like <laughs> yeah you actually so right because there was a lot of questions omicron had just burst onto the scene the new kid on the block in terms of covid but the amazing thing i'll be honest the buyers were the ones that really had a big hand in it and said look omicron is there but don't cancel because we want to come and there was more pressure from the buyers as well to say that you know you've really got to see this through and i found that quite amazing because the restrictions you know from where they were coming from that were in place already in my mind this was going to almost definitely be postponed so you know that was a factor um would they actually be able to come here so when you have really top buyers there was a buyer from ANK who came from australia for example i mean this is somebody who could be anywhere in the world anytime he wanted 
but he chose to come to the show. And Australia was not an easy place to get out of, to start with. Or get into, as no yeah. Jack of Never mind getting out. into, or coming back into. I mean, he was telling us he couldn't even get into states within Australia to visit, you know, relatives or wherever it was. So it was a very dynamic situation, let me put it that way. So it said a lot about the organizational team as well as the, you know, the buyers who wanted to actually come and attend. So it worked out very well. Um, and of course, the one or two great factors within our destination, and that's across the four countries, awesome weather and awesome people. So it, it all just adds up. The wildlife experience, so you're talking earlier about the, the sort of wildlife area. It's the last great conservation area for, I mean, the big five really in Africa. It's the largest conservation area now in Africa easily. Yeah, I love it. Um, Africa's Eden is really an industry-led organization. It's run by the tourism sector within the Kaza region, and it's run for the greater benefit of everyone involved in selling the region. Those who operate here, and of course, ultimately this organization will benefit those travelers who want to come and explore this place. Now things get a bit festive, so Andrew caught up with Alexandra Mushaik from Private Safaris in Switzerland, who are a massive operator uh, when it comes to arrivals from the Swiss market and just to find out from her what it was like to be back in the destination at a travel show. Uh, so <laughs> start again, please. Keep going. No, what? Oh, oh hi, um, Alexandra from Switzerland, Private Safaris. Alex, you've got to be 100% honest with me. What did you miss more, the people or the countries in Africa? The people. What about the countries? I also miss them, but you know, people are more important. Wildlife or people? Oh, that's a tricky question. Both. Ah, that's the right answer. You got me there. Okay. Um, if you could meet with one of your clients face to face and say one thing, one line to get them to come to Africa right now, not next year, right now, what would it be? To clients? Yeah. They're missing out if they're not coming. Okay, I like that. I'm going to use just that and send it to all my clients now. Okay. Um, what do you think about people talking about, you know, post-COVID travel destinations and, and the importance of, of being in open spaces and spending money where your money is going to good causes? What do you think about that? Well, actually, I think that should be part of it. It's very important. And um, that's one of the like big advantages of Africa you have the space and yeah with every tip we support the communities and the people and nature wildlife nice to hear the old marimbas going there and of course last but not least Andrew managed to catch up with Gillian Blackbeard who has well and truly been the driving force behind Africa's Eden and, and where the organization is now and, and where they'll be going in the future. Gillian Blackbeard, CEO of Africa's Eden, all four countries, Botswana, Namibia, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. Putting you on the spot, pick your favorite country out of the four. The quadra point where you get all four countries in one place. <laughs> okay, so you're telling me, and, and repeat this back so I have it on record, your favorite area in Africa is all four countries. Countries, the quadra point of Casa where all four countries meet and we can look at Angola, which is the fifth one. Coming to Africa's Eden soon, Angola, Malawi, 
Mauritius, Madagascar, and so on and so, so on and so on. As long as it's between East Africa and South Africa, it's, it's part of Africa's Eden. Julian, you've in many ways been on a side of the industry that none of us really have because you've had quite a wholesome perspective of what it's like to look at regional stuff as opposed to product. Uh, looking at how the region is recovering, is there anything that you think is missing or that has been excellent that you'd sort of like to talk about? I think we need to put ourselves in the shoes of the people we're selling to. Instead of pushing our product, we need to put our shoes on of the people buying the product. We need to think about who's buying and what they want and how it's changing after COVID. In many ways, I think we need to educate the conscious traveler, but many travelers are conscious anyway. And sometimes it's actually stepping up to the plate of what the traveler wants us to do. And so some companies do it a lot better than others. And they're out there, they're talking about conscious travel and others less so. But I actually think that the traveler knows what they want. Anybody coming to Africa this far has done their homework. People want to travel more, but they also want to make sure that when they travel, it's travel for good. Okay, CEO of Africa's Eden Regional Marketing Association. What is your triumph that you are most proud of? Getting everyone to work together. And when I first started, here's the story. I had the Zimbabweans calling the Zambians the Zamboons and the Zambians calling the Zimbabweans Zimbos. So if we got them to talk in one place, I think we've done well. And that goes for Namibia and Botswana and everyone thinking a little bit more outside the box. <laughs> yeah, the Zamboons and the Zimbabos. You gotta love a bit of destination rivalry. But in all seriousness, Gillian points out something really valid there, which is that there's one common goal for all of us, um, wherever you sit on the fence of travel in Africa, and that is to get people to our region. Because as much as we've heard about the trends of single country safaris, you know, where you can avoid traveling across different borders to keep the COVID protocols to a minimum. We know that that's going to become a more seamless process very, very soon. And, and most travelers will be coming to visit multiple countries when they come here. So, you know, we really need to stop trying to vie for each other's traveler. You know, who can come to Zimbabwe instead of Zambia or Botswana instead of Namibia? Uh, and actually, we need to understand that we want more and more people to choose our region over other places in the world. And indeed, beyond that, we need to entice people to travel, pure and simple, and, and, and come and change their lives and make a, a positive impact while doing so. And I think Africa's Eden is going to play a big role in that in the future. And it's something that as inspiring African travel resonates wholeheartedly with what we're doing. So thanks, Jillian. And of course, thank you, Andrew, for reporting from the ground there. Um, really looking forward to bringing you guys the next feature of 2022, the year of traveling to Africa. Um, this next episode is going to be coming to you from a quaint English pub as I chat to a South African travel industry veteran about his take on the year ahead um, for the UK travel market to Africa. So thanks so much for listening. See you next time on Inspiring African Travel. And we've got our LinkedIn page well and truly up and running. So 
if you have access to your computer or your app straight after listening to this if you can jump on to LinkedIn follow us maybe like and share our last post which features this episode um, it'll be really great uh, help us spread the word anyway thanks for listening you've made it all the way to the end of the episode congratulations cheers for now see you next time Thank you.